Britain is about to witness the birth of robot wars. They're still making final adjustments. Three, two, one. Hello everyone and welcome to Activate the Robot Wards podcast. I am Benji, also the hitman, along with me as always. Feast your ears on his opinions. It's Robbie Harmlessly. Thank you. Not implying I'm a robot this time? Eh. Why is that? Because they're on to you. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. You Fair remember enough. the three laws of robotics, man. You can't hurt anyone. <laughs> and then there's... Something about the first, the third law can't. What is it? Do you, have any idea? Do you know what the laws of robotics are? No, I haven't got a clue. A robot may not injure a human being or, through inaction, allow a human being to come to harm. A robot must obey orders given to it by human beings, except where such orders would conflict with the first law. A robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. All so of that nothing- goes out the window because it's Robot Wars. <laughs> it's Robot Wars. Where it's all, all about robots absolutely slaughtering each other. Woo. But not people, I suppose. So that's a good thing. We're on to our second episode of this season, Heat B. Nice new lineup of returning and new robots, although mostly returning teams, actually, I've got to say for this one. It is a yeah. hell of a lineup, though. It is a strong lineup. Lethal. A difficult one to predict, I would say, if I didn't already know who wins. God damn it, man. So that leaves me to make predictions. It does leave you to make predictions. Well, we'll come to that in a minute. Do we do the mailbag first? Yeah, let's do the mailbag. It's been a while since I've done that. <laughs> yeah, that was... <laughs> That's quite good. <laughs> it's been quite a while since I've had to do the mailbag song. Okay, who we got first? We'll go with Ukulele Chris first. Oh, his predictions. Get the best out of the way. Yeah. So First of all, he's owed a point from last week. We said you didn't get one, but he technically does. Yeah. Because his... Losing finalist option one, so he gets one point, putting him one behind yourself. Congratulations, Chris. Yep, it's good to have someone for you to compete with, I guess, because you can't compete with me because I would win all the time. Yeah, it'd be unfair. A little bit. Mm. Uh, His prediction for this episode is PP3D versus Push to Exit as the final bout with PP3D going through. Mm. So we'll see how you match up to that later on. Once we've gone through all the robots, we'll... uh, We'll have you make your prediction. Okay. Oh, we keep getting asked about BattleBots as well. Yeah. One day, we'll start reviewing some BattleBots. I know it's currently airing here in the UK at the moment. Is it on Spike TV or something like that? Yeah, but yeah, one of those kind of channels, yeah. I don't know. Scheduling. It takes, it's a lot it's, to, for us to get the <laughs> into a room is, to do this. There's so much Robot Wars to watch. If we started doing another show alongside it, it would get so backlogged. We'll do a season of BattleBots after we've finished. Maybe after we've finished the original series two of Robot Wars, maybe we can yeah, do the yeah. first season of BattleBots to mix things up a little bit. Yeah. But as of now, we'll stick to one thing at a time. We were already technically in two different series twos of Robot Wars, <laughs> the classic and the new one. Yep. Adding BattleBots to the mix is just going to be confusing. So yeah, that's about it really from the mailbag. There wasn't anything particularly special. Most people were asking about BattleBots, saying, yay, you guys are back, which is nice. Or, oh, you guys are back, which isn't. 
and ukulele Chris and his crazy predictions. Um, applications are up for the next season, though. Yeah, I saw that. It feels sudden. March 20th is when the application period ends. What, a couple of weeks? If that, less than yeah. that now? A bit less it. than a couple of weeks for people to... Suddenly panic, throw together a bot, I guess. Well, that's the application. The actual thing won't start till early May, seems to be recording time. But in the application, don't you have to include um, a video of the bot, or do you just you fill have to out as much as possible, yeah. yeah. So you're going to need a fairly done concept, at least. Yeah. But hey, there are a lot of bots about, and it's more warning than what people got last time. Yeah, that's so true. Slowly but surely, more time is being given to people to actually create their bots, which I suppose... If we get to a point where they're continuously confident that Robot Wars will keep being recommissioned for a new season, you will be told sooner. And obviously there's a lot of bots that didn't get into this series, so they kind of can probably egg their way into the next one instead. Hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. And some bots simply weren't ready this series. No, there are quite a few. So it's just the way it is, Yeah, really. But it'll be cool. I'm getting basically two seasons a year at this rate now, with a nice summer season coming along in May. To record in May, that is. Which will then air probably late August, autumn. September. Yeah. Don't know. It depends how long it takes. Yeah. Yeah. This this season we're watching now is done in December. So mm. that's, what, three months ago? Yeah. May, June, July, August, September, August, September time. If it's on the same time scale, then record another one in December and air that in March again. You could do that. Makes sense. Which would mean there would technically be two 2017 champions. Oh, yeah. And then there's going to be like, oh, well, let's reference the 2017 series. Oh, which one? <laughs> We're just going to end 2017 <laughs> series one or 2017 <laughs> series two. But I guess the more the better. Yeah, definitely. Let's go back on to tonight's scheduled programming. We are currently recording this before the episode airs. And then obviously we'll review the episode after it airs. We're going to go through all the bots and make sure you can make a prediction nice and fairly. Mm -hmm. Be able to predict to see who's going to go along with Aftershock to the finals. Yes. Shall we start? Let's jump in. Okay. Here are the robots. From Hemel Hempstead, Behemoth. Behemoth? Behemoth. Behemoth. From Essex. Cherub. Will Cherub lift your spirits? From Belgium, Cabra. To be taken seriously. From Butcher, Draven. Goff as Robert Smith's hair. From Warrington, Eruption. Flatten you like an Italian city in 79 AD. From Surrey, Hobgoblin. Like the ale and just as dangerous. From Aberdeenshire, PP3D. Produced by the Printer of Pain. From Maplethorpe, Push to Exit. Nope, that's a fire exit. Okay, fair enough. Uh, where do we start? Where do we start? Right back at the top? Start from the top at Bayamoth. What's this I see in front of me here? Yeah, we've got a few different attachments for this year. The new one here, which is mainly for uh, horizontal spinners, as carbide last year, this would... Help us because it's got the angles. How thick is the protection here? This is what you're, uh, you're battling against. This is actually a 0.12 mil thick. Right, okay. How many blows from a spinner going full speed do you think it'll take? Well, hopefully lots, but let's wait and see. Give it up for Behemoth, ladies and gentlemen. And I can confirm that's how it's pronounced. Bay-moth. 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 
Behemoth. Bay. Behemoth. Or Bay, if you want to keep it short, I suppose. <laughs> short and to the street. Bay. <laughs> Behemoth. Oh, well, let's talk about how we already know Behemoth anyway. Well, yeah, this is... God, what the... I guess it depends what, if you count the extreme seasons and stuff, but I suppose, like... The official website said eighth entry into Robot Wars. Eighth entry into Robot Wars. I mean, yeah, like you say. If you count Robot Wars extreme and stuff like that, it's probably even more. So it's been around for 18 years. The general design has always been the same. A big box of a huge scoop on the front. Long history, and it's back again. Same general design. Bulldozer-like. Six-wheel drive at 15 miles an hour and 109.5 kilograms, meaning they've got it's nice and nippy, 500 grams to play with. Yeah. Well, hey. <laughs> the lifting scoop's getting more powerful by the year, so it may look the same, but it's still a little bit stronger. We've already seen it in action, technically, um, yeah. from the Christmas special against TR2. Well, exactly. In that yeah. little exhibition yeah, match. So we know it's there, we know it's working, we know it's powerful. Some see how it does now. Is it the unluckiest robot in Robot Wars history? Craig Charles once said it was. Because <laughs> it always gets somewhat far and does all right and then loses. But I don't think it's ever really lost miserably. Not a lot. Well, what happened in 2016? Didn't it like reverse into a pit or something? Reverse into the pit. Okay. So that kind of bad luck. Always a little issue that gets it down rather than it getting smashed to pieces. Mm. It's always been a really decent robot that could win. It's mm. always been in the running, but never quite made it that far. It could pull a Land Rover. Wow. That is hella powerful. Very, very strong. Nice. But yeah, sort of the official Robot Wars legends. Because I think there are teams that have been around as long, like the Cranky team from um, Cold Fusion, I think yeah. they're called, um, uh, last week, have been around since season one. But Behemoth, I think, is the uh, one where they stuck with the same robot. Well, yeah. the same named robot with the same general design. So I think it's the longest running yeah. robot concept as a whole. Behemoth is the longest running. So if the it. team have 18 years of experience and this bot has been long standing, what they've got most on their side is going to be experience going into this competition now. Big time experience, but still a great robot as well. Oh, hell yeah. Because a lot of the experienced robots, they come along with their old robot, minor upgrades to it. And then it gets smashed because it just can't compete with how good current robots are. Behemoth is a modern robot. It just looks like the old version of it. Pretty cool. That's Behemoth. Any predictions for Behemoth in general? Um, I don't think it's going to be a finalist. Although, obviously, it got to the finals last year. But the amount of competition in this series, as we'll talk about, this episode, is going to be yeah. a bit in its way. Yeah. Okay. Stands a chance, but... Always stands a chance. Okay, let's move on. Team Saint are back, but not with Gabriel this time. Gabriel were actually entered separately. Oh, and didn't get through. It didn't get through. Yeah. Didn't get through. Yeah. So we saw the wheels in the background at one point, didn't we? We did see the wheels in the background. It was there it was as a weird. reserve just in case. It's a pretty okay. reliable robot to have. But Cherub was accepted. All right. Cherub does something that no other robot does. Am I right? Yeah. What does it do? It does a handstand. It does a handstand? <laughs> That wasn't even the answer I was expecting when I asked the question. Are you going to drive it, by the way? Are you? No, team is. You're going to drive it, okay? Yeah. How quickly can you get it out of, out of tight corners? It's not, it's not that fast, but it's quite easy to control compared to Gabriel. Promise me you'll do a handstand at some stage okay, when yeah. you're in there. Give it up for Cherub. And we are with Cherub this time round. Just a meaner-looking bot, basically. If you Way say so. meaner. 
I mean, Gabriel, you know, with all these bright white colours, and you get to Cherub, and it's quite sharp looking. I suppose, but Gabriel does have a massive axe weapon that's really obvious. Yeah. Cherub's weapons are little hands? Little, little pointy hands. Little pointy hands. Little pointy hands. Oh, it's a lifter. So yeah, he's got that lifter. going for it as well, I suppose. It's a lot stronger than it looks. Those are lifting arms are able to rotate 360 degrees. You'll see some really cool stuff that it can do. I won't go further than that, but mm. there's a lot of potential in those little lifting arms. 10 millimeters thick, and they should be able to lift pretty much anything that comes in its way in the arena. They should be able to lift a house robot comfortably. Wow. So competitors shouldn't be a problem. It's about control, really. So who would you say would win between Gabriel and Cherub? That's a, a really tough question because... Mm. Very different bots. Both of them would struggle to damage each other. It would be down to control Yeah. in the end. It would either go to a judge's decision or one of them ended up in the pit. But neither one could really push the other either. Gabriel can't really be pushed. Not very effectively, at least not by something so small. That's true. And it also can't really push because it's it's, it's just the only things that really could do that to you are the wheels, which yeah. just go straight over you. So that's actually a really tough question. But it's sticking with the um, the team's theme. Obviously, Cherub, we had Gabriel before. Yeah, yeah. Lots of religious... Uh... So the, the biblical, the heavenly, angelic theme, which is a nice theme. But it, has, it has little wings on it, doesn't it, Cherub, as well? Well, I mean, with Gabriel, I mean, wasn't like... The way in which they fought was quite... They weren't aggressive. It's, I guess a very Christian way of competing in a competition. Exactly. Competing, competitive, not there to kill you, though. <laughs> But I believe with Cherub, they're going to kind of change their game plan a bit, get a bit more aggressive. I suppose you can afford to be as well. Cherub is well-armoured. It's a tough little machine. It probably has one big thing going for it, and that's that people will underestimate it. And it shouldn't be underestimated, just like Gabriel shouldn't have been last year. Built as a survivor, just like Gabriel. It's built more to survive and show off than it is cause utter destruction simplicity and sometimes that works a simple idea it's just a wedge with lifting arms that's it exactly a well-armored wedge with lifting arms it does have exposed wheels though yeah that's another thing we need to probably talk about with this bot we're i mean it is walking into a match with a lot of things that can take wheels out it's also technically invertible but the wings get in the way <laughs> so the decorative got, wings the decorative wings oh, would no. get in the way of that <laughs> Um, That's not very practical. On the live circuit, the wings aren't in there, so it would be completely invertible. But uh, (laughs) as things stand, no. But although the arms, I think, would still be able to self-write it, although fairly slowly. Anything else to say about um, Cherub? It's a very different design to Gabriel. They've gone in a completely different direction. Could be promising. Should we move on to Cobra? Do you want to talk me through the weapon? Well, it's basically very simple. We have the head. Yeah. It's the cobra head. So uh, it's down at the moment okay. for safety. Yeah. It comes up all the way. Right. You can grab the opponent. Okay. And we take them and for a spin. Them. And oh, crush okay. them. And take them for a spin. Toy with them. Yeah. Please give it up for cobra. Good luck, lads. Thank you. <laughs> cobra. You know the team name? No. Rubbish. Right. But what's the team name? <laughs> <laughs> That's it. They are team rubbish. Team Rubbish from Belgium. I know. That's different. That's unusual. So it's a Belgian crusher. It's very fast, 20 miles per hour. It's got the hydraulic crusher that's in the shape of like a cobra head. 
if you notice the actual yeah. crusher itself has two little teeth as well yeah. like snake teeth so they've gone quite gimmicky with the bot it is quite gimmicky big square and the front in the center is your big crusher it's a hydraulic crusher with four tons of power so it can crush 10 millimeters steel it's just got to be able to get a grip on something that's where the issue is going to come in yeah it's a fairly small weapon that's they've got to get head on land essentially in the right place mm-hmm. to then get a grip hydraulic crushers not super slow but slow they're not yeah. it's, it's not an instant hit like an axe but if they can get a grip on something that's where crushers really shine like razor once the grip is on you're not yeah. getting out it causes utter destruction so heavily reliant on the weapon really and the robot being reliable i suppose the design of it it would make a decent pusher if the crusher doesn't work very well or isn't a viable option for that fight anything anyone's going to be armored in is going to be crushable yeah so they shouldn't really have any issues damaging something if they get it in the grasp again it's all about timing because uh, they're coming up against some bots that are quite nippy with weapons that impact instantly well cobra is one of the fastest robots in the competition so hopefully they can keep up but keeping up and catching something are two different things uh, team member Marco set himself on fire during the building of it. As you do. I don't know how. I'd love it if it was like completely unrelated. <laughs> he, was just, <laughs> he was just lighting an incense candle in like a nearby office and it got out of hand. <laughs> set, Nothing to do with the bot. Fire, they yeah. just were building the bot at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's even if it's a really fast bot, it'd be like trying to catch a cat in one of those toilet lids that slowly lets itself down. <laughs> and you're not gonna like do you know what i mean it's, it's you have to be very specific and precise with your timing yeah you, and the situation needs to be just right yeah or else something's just gonna run away yeah. like so you've got to catch it first and then you can do the damage but if it does catch something if it does yeah. this is why a design like razor i think is slightly better than this because razor the whole machine essentially built to catch something and put it in the crusher yeah other than the the back of it there's no way to approach Razor without being put in the crusher. Put in the crusher. Yeah. This is a big square. There's so many angles you could go at mm. it from without having to worry about the crusher. Go to the side, go to the back. It's got exposed wheels as well. Mm. It's, it's it could be quite vulnerable. Yeah. Two members of team Kodox from the Tough as Nails team from last year are part of the Cobra team since Tough as Nails wasn't accepted. So it's an experienced team with a cool robot. Any thoughts on what might happen with it? I mean, crushers are difficult to rate. We're in the spinner flipper meta now, and what's a crusher going to do against a spinner? It's difficult. Got to catch it in the right place, isn't it? In a one-on-one, that's very difficult to time. But we'll see. I mean, any bot can do it. So we'll just have to wait and see. Which It's funny, though, because we're talking about Cobra with the gimmicky crusher. Now we're going to talk about Draven. You have to drive it very carefully just to get the exact right place to grab somebody. No, we can pretty much, as long as something happens between there, yeah, okay. if we get hold of it, then stop. It's they're still, not going to this, this, this is a zone of danger. That is this a zone area, of danger. This side of area And here. then we can pick him up. Okay, grand. That's it. That's, That's it. That's the idea. Ladies and give it up for Draven. Yeah, two peas at the same pod, really, exactly. isn't it? Exactly. Draven's got a eagle-themed biter kind of design to Eagle-themed? It. Well, the crow, I crow, guess. Yeah, crow. The crow. <laughs> That's just exactly. It's what the name came from. Well, what, the film, the crow. The film, the crow. Yeah, Draven. 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 Yeah, but I mean, the 
it doesn't look so much like a crow. It doesn't really, does it? It has more of an eagle quality yeah. to it. Draven, they were in last year. They didn't make it too didn't far. Didn't have any luck, which is a shame because they were one of my picks last year as well. They are a cool looking robot. I think that's why I thought it was going to win because <laughs> it looks so dope. The team, Anarchic Engineering. It's a new build. So it, even though it looks similar, it is a new build of machine. It looks slightly different. I think the paint works different this time. It's, I get the feeling it's slightly different, but the general shape, well, the mm. whole shape is identical. The crusher is twice as fast now with six tons of force. Mm. So it's still just as strong, but twice as fast to crush, which is huge for a crusher because that's the thing with crushers. They're slow. So instead of forceful. slowly squashing, this might actually be able to bite. Potentially. We'll have Potentially to see how, we'll them. have to see how quick twice as fast is. Yeah. It's still going to be slow compared to an axe shot, for example, but in comparison to other crushers, we might be able to see something interesting. The entire team, essentially, are professional engineers. Yes, very much so. It should be very, very well made and they shouldn't have much issues repairing it. But they should also know going into the competition that they're using a weapon that has kind of fallen out of fashion. Not out of fashion. Do you know what I mean? Biters and crushers and stuff, they haven't had much success since Razor. Yes, yeah, true. Do you know what I mean? Especially, I think the problem is is the shape. A big box with the weapon on front and centre, there's so much of the rest mm. of the robot, the rest of the surface area of it, is vulnerable. Yeah. Yep, there's aerospace-grade titanium, but how does anything hold up to pp3d spinner for example exactly all of it ends up bending and being broken in the end and the the shock even if you don't take out the armor you could take out something inside well one of the interesting things about the weapon on draven though is this one does have a lifting neck so to speak so you've got the head which is the crusher yeah and then the neck of it can lift so it, it can lift as well as crush so if it manages to get its teeth into another bot it can potentially lift that bot up yeah. And then take it over to, say, the pit or the fire or it to one means, of the house spots and drop them in the lap. Yeah. It also means it could get its head out of the way if it intends to just push something around as opposed to take grip of it. Yeah. Yeah. Which I suppose is clever enough. Um, apparently, production wanted to call it Lord Draven, but they decided against it because it's named after Eric Draven of the Crow and wouldn't fit the theme. Because he's not a lord. He's not a lord. No. Lord Draven. Lord Draven. <laughs> I mean, we need to get slightly more goth. (laughs) 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 Team members Lee and Dan were chosen from applicants after two previous team members couldn't take the Yeah, I saw that. Out of how many applicants? It said thousands. (laughs) Now, are we really saying that thousands of people applied to be engineers on Draven? No comment. (laughs) It's a cool looking bot. It is an awesome looking bot. In fact, it's one of my favourite looks for a bot. But I just want, I want to see a a crusher or biter or something do well. Now that you've said that, what do you actually think will happen with Draven? I don't think they're going to bite anything. I think they're probably going to go out in the first round. Well, I don't know really, because even if their weapon doesn't come into play, if the tank like frame of the bot is good enough, maybe they will just outlast the other bots and get through. I just can't see the weapon coming into play. It's a shame, really. Yeah, it is. Unless, like, a bot's completely broken down and they just sort of walk up to it and bite it. We'll see. Moving on, we've got Eruption. We've even got a new weapon now. 
Oh, what's a new weapon? We've got our spinner on the top. You've even got the spinner. You've got a, a combined spinner and flipper. Well, it's more, it's more like a nibbler, I think. But oh, yeah, we, okay. hope to, we hope to get the, the robots on there, have a nibble at them, then throw them out. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, give it a for eruption. This is a familiar bot. Back again. Mm-hmm. Uh, the a good old flipper. Uh, the 2013 and 2014 UK champs, one of the very few robots to hold the UK championship twice. Their team captain is 18-year-old Michael. Yep. Who has been driving since he was just a child. Driving robots, just to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> he was on the motorways at six. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't care. He was... <laughs> And that's why he's such a good robot driver today. Yeah, loads of experience on this team. A very, very successful robot. Kind of had bad luck last year, didn't make it out of the league stage. But in theory, one of the top robots in the heat. I mean, like I said, they're a two-time UK champion. Yeah. Fairly recently, 2013-2014. So by modern standards, a UK champion. Yeah. And a very, a very effective flipper. Interchangeable weapons interchangeable but it's primarily a flipper yeah. that's what it really is the others are there if it ever needed to face something where they felt the flipper wouldn't be effective perhaps mm. but it's all about the flipper they could time gas to the flipper to conserve it and create more powerful flips so again helping conserve the gas while still using the flipper becoming more and more common now in the flippers which yeah is, and and even the axe bots which we saw last week trying to be very economical with their strikes, aren't they? It's yeah. something you have to now take into consideration in the fight. Yeah. Which is why these ideas are getting good by having ways to control the amount of CO2 you use so you can use your weapon without having to be so conservative because you know you're only using a little bit of fuel this time and then a lot the next time when you see fit. Um, it has extra armor pods that are able to be added specifically for fighting spinners such as pp3d and carbide i was about to say they're specifically for fighting carbide aren't they and pp3d and other um horizontal other high-end spinners. horizontal spinners exactly and it's weird that roboteers are having to take that particular design into consideration it's the start of trying to counter the uh, spinners and once they're fully countered that's when you start having people having to try and think of new ways to dominate the competition so we could actually it, we could break out of the spinner meta is what you're saying every meta ends up being broken out of once people find effective ways to counter it mm. and then you really what you have to do is find ways to take advantage of how people are countering one thing by going in with another mm. you could see the rise of axe bots for example because people aren't armoring their bots from the top as well at the because moment because they're armoring to counteract spinners all yep. of a sudden axe box have big flat targets to attack then everyone starts using axe box and but wait here come the flippers and it, yeah yep. exactly it exactly. just keeps on going like that brilliant but yeah this machine is an a-grade flipper tailor-made for spinners the angled armor should hopefully deflect spinners it's well driven to get away from spinners <laughs> it's got everything there to counter spinners it wants to win fights as quickly as possible eliminate a spinner take a couple of hits done excellent that's the idea behind eruption and we'll see how it does what do you think will happen with it yeah it's a really great design and like you say it's designed to combat spinners which is the biggest threat really mm. i wonder how it'll handle against the drum that's a good point you've that's got a vertical thing, you know yeah but you know yeah definitely in with a chance Really good bot. 
Okay, let's talk about Hobgoblin. The weapon is this beater on the front, which spins up like that. Okay. Um, should take chunks of that with the robots. So what are your ideal opponents? Um, very flat, boxy things. No wedges, no flippers. <laughs> no, uh, zero flippers. Zero Can you self-rice? Um, in theory, yes. Never what, tested. What? Good luck. The untested Hobgoblin. Untested because spinners are pretty tough to test. At the end of the day, this isn't a machine where you know you're safe if you stand far enough away. If it hits something and something goes flying, mm. you could be dead. Yeah. Uh, egg beater spinner. Yeah, what's with the egg beater spinner? So I'm guessing it's because it has. It looks kind of like an egg beater, if you get I mean. It has yeah. the, the whisk-like gap in the middle. Yeah. It's still 20 kilos and spins at 2,500 RPM. It's vertically done, so it's like like a drum spinner, but instead of a drum, an egg beater. I, I guess. It's but it's got like, so like it's the egg beater part of it is like a tooth sticking out of it, like a gap. Yeah, there is a gap. Potential of that breaking off when it hits something too hard? Depends. It is a big, thick 20 kilogram thing. We saw pieces <laughs> of Sabretooth's drum fall off. Exactly. So, hey, who knows? And speaking of Sabretooth... Former Sabretooth team members. Harry Hills, next Sabretooth team member. So we'll, well, I, I, we'll see how that goes. We, we, it'll go as well as it goes for them, but it means there's experience on the team. Exactly. It does have a little scoop, which has got a low ground clearance to get under things. So in theory, you should go up the scoop and go straight into the egg beater. That's the idea. The wheels are custom made, so it should have good grip. Has no self-writing mechanism though. Ouch. Purple and green. That Purple is, green. The, the colour scheme looks awesome. I know it's completely irrelevant, but I just thought this is probably the nicest looking colour scheme we're getting tonight. Your predictions for Hobgob? Really good design. Really like it. Untested, so anything can happen. It's hard to predict, isn't it, when there's something untested. A lot of the times when the untested one comes out, it'll either dominate or it just doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be one or the other, isn't it? Mm-hmm. But I like the look of that drum, so I've got good feeling about it. PP3D. PP3D are back. We've got a brand new disc. Now, interestingly enough, PP3D is the world's first crowdfunded robot. So what? Other people paid for your hobby. Other people (laughs) pledged money to assist us and help (laughs) us with our upgrades. Oh, some of those. Sorry, that must feel like a lot of pressure. Not only do you have to, you know, do it for the team, you have to do it for how many people? Seventy-six backers. Seventy-six backers. And are these their names on? Those are their names. They've been laser etched onto the disc, so they'll be spinning at two and a half thousand RPM in the arena. Swag your way up to that arena, and good luck. (laughs) Wonderful. Thank you very much. Slightly terrifying. 2016 contender. They have been crowdfunded, so now they are heavily upgraded. Even though they look the same, the shape is the same, the idea is the same, everything inside is just better. The quickest and easiest way to put it. 31 kilogram spinning disc, which has all the crowdfunders' names written on it. That is awesome. It's really cool. That's a really good way to do it. The improved spin-up time. So this is going to pick up speed faster. Yes, it should do. So they won't be spending those first couple of seconds just hoping they don't get charged at. Yeah, that's a big thing with spinners these days is you spend the first few seconds of the fight picking up speed. Yeah, yeah. running away to pick up speed for your Charging spinner and then up. turning yeah. around to try and get into it. Exactly. The, that vulnerable period where you can end up being beaten by another weapon. But PP3D spinner is so powerful that it's actually a threat to the bot itself. That is absolutely true. They've actually mounted drive motors on custom shock mounts 
in hopes to make the motor survive impacts. Pretty clever. Pretty clever indeed. All right. Yeah, I really like PP3D. So what is your prediction of PP3D? I've got high expectations. They've got some experience under their belts. Mm-hmm. And they didn't quite manage it last year, but I think this year could be their year to go all the way. I mean, they were good feeling in, about it. Were they with Apollo last year? Was that their one? Or did they? Yeah. Was yeah. It's Apollo. I think they're in Apollo's episode last year. So they lost yeah. to the champions at the end. Yeah. Yeah. No shame in that. No shame in that. And just a little tidbit. This robot was intended for a later episode of the season, um, but they were brought forward due to another robot not being ready. Wow. Mm-hmm. Scheduling not conflict. Sure was, yeah, cool. scheduling conflict. Okay. The final robot. Push to exit. It's a flipper, but it's hinged from the front, okay. so it goes forwards. Oh, um, more control. More control. So we can flip our enemies into Kill a Lot, Matilda, or even the pit. Please give a round of applause for Push to Exit. <laughs> Yep, from Team S-Tech, who entered with Dan Tom Kia last year. They've gone with something pretty different. Still a flipper, but other than that, it's a pretty different robot. It's a lovely blue. <laughs> it has a Starfighter-like shape, doesn't it? Kinda it kind of does, doesn't it? It's quite nice. I could see yeah. it in space. They're now rocking the youngest team member in Robot Wars. Yes, Amelie, the youngest being seven. seven. That's a crazy time to get into Robot Wars. It is, but hey... It- it can make some great drivers. Exactly. So Team S-Tech, they built this one, is that right? Yep, it's based around um, Team Captain Shane Swan's live event robot, Envy. It's a similar sort of design. It's the only um, front-hinged flipper. So this mm. flipper, instead of being back-hinged um, and shooting upwards, pushing things up and over and behind them, this will push things forwards. So less potential for it to launch something into the air but more control and quite importantly when the flipper is open you can't just get to all the insides from the front <laughs> now when the flipper is open you'd have to go over and behind it it wouldn't be as easy to get to the stuff inside it's a really good idea so you, you think of the amount of times where a flipper has opened and then something like a spinner has gone inside snapped everything and hmm. broken everything up got the co2 canisters so in theory that could work really well again another thing built with being attacked in mind it's uh Low ground, low ground clearance at the front, high ground clearance at the back. Uh, so the idea is they always want to be front facing, but that's where their flipper is. So it makes sense. It's also got custom made drive system inside the Swan Drive, which, from what I understand, you got the motors and the eight to one gearbox made into one big thing running at twenty eight point eight volts that should be very efficiently repairable. It could be bolted on and off quite easily. It should be a very quick robot over 20 miles per hour. That is really quick. Yeah, really quick so for I these little things. It's flying around. Yeah. Your prediction for team push to exit mm-hmm. and your prediction for the show. Well, yeah, good point. I mean, yeah, it's a really nice. It's a flipper. Flippers are still very effective. They seem to just be getting more and more powerful. Yeah, really nice. High expectations. Interested really to find out what this one drives all about. Hopefully they go into more uh, into more detail during the show. Fingers and toes, yeah. So my overall prediction, I am going to go with, I'm going to go with Hobgoblin to fight Cherub in the final. I know, I know. (laughs) I'm I'm going out there, I'm going out there, and I'm saying untested Hobgoblin to go through. Wow. That is my wacky outside the box prediction. Wow. Which clashes hugely with everything you just said. 
Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, okay. And also, Mr. Play It Safe, Chris. He's <laughs> <laughs> gone with the uh, the obvious picks. Okay. But uh, I've got a feeling that this is going to be a we'll night of surprises. S- yeah, we'll see who yeah. gets some points out of this. The problem is you know, so you're having to act exactly. like you don't know. <laughs> I know exactly what's so going I'm on. So I'm saying picks, and you're like, oh, yeah. you're going you're gonna to pick that person, huh? Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's an interesting choice. That's good. It's fun. <laughs> okay, shall we watch it? Yep, it's time to watch the show. We've got literally what? We've got four minutes till the show airs as we're Ooh. recording this. So let's get ready. Let's do this. And it is all over. God, what an episode. Yeah. Controversy, perhaps? Yep, definitely. Some controversy. Some... Well, it had a bit of everything this one did. Yeah. Pure destruction. extreme destruction. Like, out of this world destruction. Yeah. It's really quite an episode. But we can't really talk about it without first talking about it. So let's talk about it. So you're saying we should probably talk about it. Let's give it a shot. All right. Let's give it a shot. It's podcasting business, eh? <laughs> let's cast this. All right. Should we just start from the beginning of the episode? No, let's start from the middle. Oh, <laughs> two no, thirds in. <laughs> 16 minute mark. All right. So we get the normal intro. That's the standard intro now, I'm guessing. Uh, the arena and house robots also get a very brief intro. We don't get Dara taking us through all of the arena hazards like before. Like in the previous series, yeah. But I suppose they're self-explanatory, and you see them. You see them in in the fights. It becomes pretty easy to follow. You don't need intros to these things, I guess. Well, I nearly said it's not rocket science, but there is kind of a science behind it. There's actually quite a lot of science behind it. As well, like some of these robots, I'm not sure if ones in this episode, but do literally have rocket science behind them. There so. is a point in the episode where Dara says something on the lines of, "They're getting so powerful, or they're getting too powerful." I think it's like, I won't go into what point because we'll get there yeah. in chronological order. But there is a point where he says it and it's quite haunting because he stops joking for a second and just looks down at this piece <laughs> of robot. And it's like, like, you've got a good point there. These are getting out of hand powerful. But they're going to have to put limits on it. At some point, there won't be an arena safe enough to contain them. Exactly. They'll have to lock them in a like iron box to fight and we'll just have to watch it via video feed. As long as the cameras inside survive. <laughs> one by one, the cameras are going dark. Shr- it's like Schrodinger's like robot. Movie. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to... Who won? Well, we don't know until we open it. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we get all that. Um, both Angela and Dara are really good. Yeah, they are. I don't know why. I, <laughs> I, 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 it doesn't need mention, to be stated, are. but they are so into it. They're natural presenters. You both notice them and don't notice them when you should. Exactly. Despite the fact that Dara is massive and towers over everyone. Oh God, yeah, he's a, he's a tall gentleman. But he still directs the attention towards the roboteers. Very good. Very nice. Great. <laughs> nice critique of his work. I like it. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so as the show usually goes, we are straight into our first four-way battle. It is Hobgoblin, Behemoth, Cobra... And Eruption, with Sir Killer as the uh, 
guest house robot. The cobra hand gesture. The cobra pose during their intro. Whoa. But only one of them does it. Only which one makes, of them does it. For some reason, that made it seem less cheesy. Do you reckon backstage they were like, we're all going to do it, we're all going to do it. And then they get out there and only he's doing it. He's like, guys, <laughs> no one looks stupid. You can't, but you can't stop. You can't start doing no. it and then stop doing it because it, it was, was cool. worse. It's like a very slow lowering cobra hand It's the thing. stoic look he gave to the camera whilst he was doing yeah. it. it completely. He meant business. <laughs> That was great. So we start with all out melee as per usual. Hobgoblin are slow, are flipped with ease, and yeah, they sort of grind the floor a bit of their weapon, and they're out. But there's no way they're slightly wedged up the side, so they're, they're not going anywhere. Once they, they're flipped, they're flipped. Yeah, they don't have a self writing yeah. mechanism. I suppose their theoretical self writing was probably if they're at full speed, they'd bounce back, but. They just seem they to can't build the floor. up speed when they're like half wedged against the wall and the floor. And yeah, I mean, there goes one of my picks. Your so main was... pick. That oh, was yeah, your yeah. your main pick. Yeah. Was the first robot eliminated yep. and decisively. So, thanks. So you've only <laughs> <laughs> yeah. your, your chances of points dwindled drastically right yep. there. Yep. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear. <laughs> So the pit gets activated as well, which is nice. The pit gets activated. Actually, this is a important fight because I believe... Is this one where the pit... Yeah, the pit button gets activated twice. That's right. So it proves the point. Did anything happen the second time, though? The pit went down again, so it obviously came back up at some point. Oh, so there's a timer on how long the pit can be down for? Mm, Must be. So that answers the question we asked last episode, which is, can it be um used twice and also yes it can it can it can and it can be the same thing happen twice as so it's uh they're sticking with the whole it's 50 50 yeah whether how random is who knows how it's decided who knows but if it's pre-decided and they've hit it twice i guess they were just like well this is a match where it's pre-decided that the pit's gonna open so they will just open the pit again can't be pre-decided then because if they've already decided that it can be done multiple times in a match it would be ridiculous if every single time, every single match where it's done twice, it's always the same thing that happens. Yeah. Well, they, they weren't banking on it being used more than once, I guess. Uh, how often? Sure must be. In all fairness, there are matches where it isn't used at all. So I doubt we're going to see it like three or four times in a match. We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing that whole eye. You already know what happens. But you can wait. <laughs> the rest of the match is basically the other three robots, Behemoth Eruption and Cobra, bashing into each other. Cobra really takes most of the beating, though, constantly being flipped. Especially when Sir Killer Lock gives it a nice cooking as well. That's true. Yeah, they get stuck in Sir Kay's grasp. Behemoth seems to be having control issues as well. Yeah, a little bit. They're yeah. moving around a bit weirdly. They, uh, it turns out they, lose a, they lost a chain? Yeah, just kind of... You see it in the replay, but just sort of fell out to the ground. Yeah. Yeah, like it just didn't want to live in Behemoth yeah. anymore. In the pain. The pain <laughs> the, of the behemoth pain. right now. <laughs> they, they proper just rumble for ages and eventually uh, it just the clock runs down. Cobra are eliminated by Judge's decision. I can see why they never really got a chance to do anything. They survived well, but they were never really able to use the crusher. Yep. They were upside down for a lot of it, which meant they were in an awkward position when they were driving. Behemoth and Eruption were the ones doing the flipping. Cobra they just didn't do enough. They survived. Mm-hmm. But not enough to get through. Yeah. Which means our first two through to the league table, mm-hmm. Behemoth and Eruption. Yeah. It's also the first judge's decision for a group battle. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It, they were also evenly matched. They couldn't quite finish each other off in that regard. And Yeah. It was a tough one. It was quite epic. Cobra wasn't able to be 
taken out by Behemoth and yeah. Eruption. So the only way they would have got them out is to pit them or flip them out of the arena. They were tough enough to take being dropped, basically, when they yeah. were flipped. But hey, we've already got our winners. Good match. I liked it. Next match, we have Cherub, PP3D, Draven, and Push to Exit with yep. Shunt. Just with tagging Shunt. on the end there. Yep, <laughs> Just Shunt's before there. we forget about him, Shunt was there as well. It's quite important, actually. Shunt Very important. Match. I noticed at this point that the interviews we're getting with the teams are a bit shorter than usual. I'm guessing, obviously, they've got to cut it so it fills the time slot. And if they've got other things to include, they've got to include yeah, that. Yeah. And we'll see why certain matches take longer than usual yeah. later on. But that's just, a, just an observation. Shorter, quicker interviews. Definitely. Get to the point. Man, push to exit. Really fast. Super speed, yeah. yeah. Just shot across the arena. Really quick start to the whole match. Just everything sort of launches past each other. PP3D spinner is very low to the ground and is so fast that it's actually capable of doing damage to itself. Yes. That's a very dangerous design to mess around with. I think the positioning of the spinner as well on the robot plays a big role there are powerful spinners that don't do as much damage to themselves as often as pp3d Mm -hmm. end up doing to themselves being so close to the floor when it hits the floor when it's shaking about and stuff after it's taken a hit to a robot that's more damage it's doing to itself but it also ends up warping the spinning disc quite a bit and they can end up with it you know if it warps out of shape a bit it's only a few millimeters off the ground then they can't move because if it's touching the ground, they're stuck. So they can't afford it to be warped or dented or pushed out of place. It's a one-hit KO robot. That's I'm guessing that's what it's made for. It's made to spin up to full speed, hit something, that thing dies. They don't have to worry about the damage until they get to repairs. It's that's carbide really what it's made style for. design. Carbide style, but carbide... Yeah, they did do... It's higher from Yeah, floor, last year they had that But it is a one-hit knockout punch. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't get it in the first, say, two, it's in a lot of trouble. Imagine a boxer, but his hand weighs 30 kilograms. (laughs) Now, he can get one good swing off, but the effort of having to carry that massive hand around all the time, (laughs) that's all he can do. One big swing, and if... And then his arm's dislocated. (laughs) (laughs) Then then his shoulder pops out of his socket, and he can't defend himself from any other blows. Exactly. That is what this spinner... Style bot has become yeah. now. So let's actually talk about the match itself. Okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, PP3D hit Cherub straight on, and Cherub, I just like, and? Eats the shot. Just eats it and keeps going. This is why you bless your robot. Yeah, big time. I don't know what they did to Cherub, <laughs> what? but to take a massive hit head on and just to carry on like nothing happened. That must be some thick front plating. Yeah. Just, literally, it was a straight head-on shot from one of the most powerful spinners in the competition straight over and kept going. I think PP3D may have came off worse from that exchange. There may be a few occasions where that happens. Yeah. Draven, however, are actually taking quite a beating from PP3D. Um, PP3D hit them quite a few times and yeah. grind quite a lot of uh, Draven's armour away, mostly from the underside. Mm-hmm. Do we... Is it the pit button that makes rogue house robots happen? Yes. Uh, or do they... Or I can't remember whether that happens or whether Draven just ends think, up in Shunt's grasp. I think Draven just ends <clears throat> up in front of Shunt and yeah, Shunt you're right. just down comes the axe, bam. Straight through. Benefit of having big house robots this time round. They don't have to show off. And when they get a chance to do something, how often did that axe before in the old season pierce anything? Exactly. It did 
few dents every now and then on the weakest robots. Now you've got something like Draven, and that axe went straight through and actually delivers the knockout blow. Yeah. One blow from Shunt's axe, Draven are dead. They're gone. No chance. It's at this point you realise push to exit, just aren't doing anything. Turns out earlier in the match, blink and you miss it kind of thing, they took one big hit from PP3D, and that was enough to just eliminate them. A bit of a shame, because push to exit were a really well-made robot. They had the front-hinged flipper. They had yeah, all this stuff yeah. behind it, the drive system. Everything was made to be a little bit experimental. So a mix of tradition and experimental. A lot of people saw push to exit going far. Ukulele Chris being one, I believe. <laughs> and eliminated yeah, right at the start. Yeah. It's this spinner situation. It's one-hit knockout. Bots aren't... You could design a bot that does something so crazy and so cool and so outside the box. But if you're just hit by a spinner, a modern spinner, the wrong way, it's game over. Yeah, real quickly. Unless you're Cherub. Unless you're Cherub. <laughs> in which case, you just eat the shot <laughs> and, and keep going. Unless you have divine protection. That's what it takes. <laughs> <laughs> so, end of the match. Cherub and PP3D win. And Cherub are told off by Dara for not doing the handstand. They can do a handstand, for God's sake. No other robot has ever done that before. Yeah. Cherub can do push-ups. Cherub was made to do the handstand. Yeah. Literally, as in, I'm not saying that in a so-and-so way. It's literally made to do the handstands. That's why it was built that way. No wonder Dara is so cross. <laughs> yeah. It's the one damn. thing it's made for, and it didn't do it. Backstage, PP3D are having issues. Battery issues, was it? It was something had welded together? or It basically has already done so much damage to itself. <laughs> PP3D ends up needing a lot of work after every battle, win or lose. Yeah, it's that one-hit knockout spinner problem. But we have our four league tableists, if that's the right term to use. Sure. So Cherub, Eruption, Behemoth, Behemoth, Behemoth. 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 No, Behemoth. Behemoth. Yeah, Behemoth. Behemoth. So it's a silent H. Behemoth. Bemo. 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 So Bemo's through. And PP3D as well. And PP3D. So that takes us to our first match. Yep, our first one on one. Which is Bay versus Eruption. You could say on paper, similar to the match we saw on the Christmas special, which was Bamo versus TR2. Yes. Two flippers. Two flippers. But Eruption has equipped their anti flipper front. Their anti flipper. Which is for a flipper, flipper. is quite good. (laughs) (laughs) They're prepared for the worst. And we've got Matilda and Dead Metal. Into the match itself. So Bay is winning the exchanges at first, you know, the, the clashes, the early clashes where they're sort of figuring each other out a bit. Baymoth's coming up better. Eruption proves it can self-right quite early as well. Quite easily, nice. yes. Baymoth can get cornered by Eruption to a corner where they can't yeah, actually see. This is really dodgy, this is. So they can't see all of the arena up from their Roboteer box. You could say each one has a a corner that's a bit of a blind spot that's not cool because you could play people in you know later road wars could play that to their advantage now they could just get them in the corner where they can't see but in theory you could say it's fair because both teams could do it to each other true there's not a better place to be in to control your robot very true it goes both ways but it is an interesting point 
blind spots for the arena. Because that is, that is the turning point of the match, because then Eruption manages to get everything lined up nicely and get underneath Behemoth and then just sent them to the skies. Yeah, flip them straight out of the straight arena. Straight out. Behemoth never really get their momentum back once they move back to the centre and in sight and, like you say, and out of the arena. That was the turning point. Big turning point. And yeah. Eruption took full advantage of it, straight out of the arena for Behemoth, and a big, decisive victory for Eruption. Eruption is a great bot. It is. It's a, a really, very, really very, very good flipper. Bot. That's a hell of a flipper. Very Apollo-ish. Okay, well, that leads us to our next match, which is Cherub versus PP3D. Now, you see this match on paper, and what do you think is going to happen? Well, PP3D is going to spin around really fast with his spinner and just knock Cherub around a bit. Around a bit? You'd think Cherub <laughs> would be leaving as skeletal <laughs> remains, nothing left. <laughs> it would be horrifying. But PP3D are worried about their power. What they should be worried about is Cherub's team captain. <laughs> Jesus Christ. The little little Sarah kind of was like, basically, failure is not an option. I when- <laughs> wouldn't call her little to her face, man. <laughs> it's like, dad was a wimp. Because <laughs> we were talking about it earlier, weren't we? That he didn't really, he didn't go down aggressive tactics. He's quite a, you know, had a quite a Christian attitude to uh, to Robot Wars. But none of that here. No, none of that no. from his children. <laughs> none of that for his children. Jesus, they're going for brutality. Not the right robot to go for brutality mm. with, but certainly yeah. aggressive. And I suppose the fact that they don't underestimate themselves is great because Cherub really proves itself a lot during this whole episode. Made of stern stuff. They even Big have tactics. Time. They want to go for the tires with their arms. Yeah, that's pretty solid. Exactly. They got a plan. So we've got Shunt and Dead Metal in the corners, which also becomes relevant later. Cherub charges straight in and eats the early shots. So I'm guessing the spinner probably hadn't picked up full speed at that point. Yeah, that's that's one of the best tactics against such high-power spinners. Taking the blows when it's spinning up, when it's speeding up, you take a bit of a hit, but it'll most likely not do permanent big-time damage to you. But and you can stop them from building it, up speed. Exactly, and if you eat the shot just right you can render the spinner useless. Yeah, the spinners are prone to breaking down if after impact in certain situations. So Cherub, I put Cherub lets God do the work. But <laughs> so Jesus, just take, take the wheel. They, just take, <laughs> they take the damage. We get the rogue bots coming in, dead yep. metal, grab Cherub. And this is a yeah. big turning point. I, I can understand dead metal gives them the old razor burn and then just sends them back out again. But it was like, and here comes the blade, and again, <laughs> and let's just keep cutting them for a while. And it kind of stopped the whole match's momentum for a while. Whilst PP3D get spinning yep. as quick as they possibly can. They're up to full speed. Full speed ahead with the spinner. Talk about that shot. So they take a full strength spinner shot from PP3D. Mm-hmm. How far do they get launched? They spin as fast as the spinner does yeah. after the hit. It's incredible. They break through the arena wall. We get a... I mean, it's huge. They hit the arena wall with such impact that all of this arena wall just broke free. That's lethal. It was That's crazy. It was the way it broke free, though. It was like there was an arena wall one minute, and then there just wasn't. All the bolts holding it in place must have snapped 
Because, yeah, it just went. It didn't it did, bend no, and dent first. It just completely disconnected from the rest of the arena wall. So they call a, a pause to the match they have to repair to, the wall, which they have to do. Damaged arena, they've got to repair the arena. Absolutely. The decision is made to have them start where they left off. So yeah. Cherub are upside down in the corner next to the wall. Now repaired, though, so they're not... They haven't put them in the wall, built them no, into they haven't the wall around them. They've moved them out of the way of the wall, put the wall there. They have... The Roboteers haven't been allowed to attend to their robots during. So they're still in the exact same condition than from the moment of the impact. Yeah. So the match then it continues once everything's cleared and everything's ready and neither bot can move. PP3D. The uh, spinner's kind of going a bit, isn't it? Well, but the wheels are completely buggered. It's From what I can tell, the spinner... I'm guessing has warped slightly and is locking them on the ground. Uh, and yeah. as the wheels move, they're just spinning around their yeah. spinner. So <laughs> they're doing the opposite of what they want. They're spinning around, but the spinner is staying still as opposed to the opposite. So neither bot is inactive, but both bots have essentially been immob They're immobilized yeah. effectively. Yeah. yeah effectively yeah. gone. That's fine. So it's counted down. Straight away, basically. It didn't yeah. go anywhere. There was nothing left the to do. The big hit was the was yeah. the finish. The real question for the judge's decision mm-hmm. is, who did PP3D hurt more? It may yeah. have been spectacular when Cherub launched through the wall and was spinning. It's a hell of a moment. It's a replay moment, if I've ever mm-hmm. seen one. But PP3D were probably more damaged. That's the thing. If PP3D could do that and then walk away, they would have won it. Yeah. Because both bots had sustained pretty much equal amount of damage, it kind of nulled the, you know, the whole impact, although spectacular, didn't really count for much in terms of judging the match. Yeah, exactly. Basically, each one made the other null and void. You can't give PP3D a win just because their blows looked like more spectacular, like you said, looked better on camera than Cherub's blows. Cherub was still aggressive, Mm-hmm. Cherub was still a strong robot throughout this whole fight. Exactly. But it's going to cause so much controversy. It's still a tough one. It's it is, still it's tough because it was a very even match overall. Yeah. My argument was more to say PP3D weren't necessarily the definitive winners, but I'd say it's just as equal that they're not the definitive losers here either. It would have been very hard for the judges to call the decision. I would have liked to have been inside Noel Sharkey's mind... When he's watching that tape back. It would have been wacky, man. It would have been real whack. It would have been awesome. <laughs> Calculating everything in the match and working it all out. and It's a tough one. The judges go with Cherub. Yep. Cherub was incredibly aggressive. It ate all of the earlier shots and kept going. Survival victory. It's a survival victory, Pure yeah. Pure survival yeah. victory. You could also say, whilst Cherub are damaged and they're hurt, PP3D have to do the bigger repairs now in their allotted time than yeah. Cherub do by a long shot. And Cherub are fairly damaged as well. It's not like they're only scratched up a bit. That shows how much PP3D have uh, damaged themselves. Mm. At the end of the day, especially, you know, I mean, Noel Sharkey has been there since day one, match one. He knows what he's talking about. If it's a unanimous decision in favour of Cherub, they're probably right. You know? Simple as that. Everyone's close. entitled to their opinion, but judge's decision. Yeah. Close, but very close. close. But regardless of all of that, PP3D spinner. Scary Crikey. stuff. <laughs> yeah. Scary, scary stuff. Terrifying. It feels like it just needs a few tweaks. Yeah. And it'll 
well, it's uh, it is destructive already. It just needs to learn to not destroy itself. And on to our next match, which is Eruption versus Cherub with Matilda and Dead Metal. I'm getting quite good at that now. Yeah, very good. Thank you. Yeah, very nice. Oh, yeah. Do you want to go through this match for me? Okay, so Cherub gets flipped and gets flipped and gets flipped out of the arena. It doesn't look like Cherub's wheels move at all. Their arms move and they try to do a handstand and then they just get flipped out of the arena. Yeah, that doesn't that get confirmed after the match that actually they were having some sort of... Some sort of drive issues, yeah. yeah. So yeah. They knew fine. they were dead already, so they just tried to do a handstand again. It's, well, in all fairness, it sounds silly, but it was working a bit. <laughs> they were, yeah, yeah, they were actually blocking some of the flips simply by having handstand well, mode yeah. Well, you think it makes the, fir- the, the front of the robot touch yeah. the floor, basically. Exactly. Have no ground Can't clearance. get the right angle. Problem solved. But uh, eventually... It just became a highlight reel for Eruption's Flipper. Yep, second out of the arena for Eruption in a row. That is really good. That is Apollo level. Yeah, very, very strong. So Behemoth, Behemoth. I keep keep automatically calling them Behemoth. I just don't know what to call them. Behemoth. Go with Behemoth. Behemoth. Yeah. Bay, Behemo versus PP3D for the next match. Yep, they've equipped their anti-spinner wedge. A bit more angled, uh, a little thicker at the bottom. It's genius. Kind of clever. Kind of clever. Perfect for PP3D, in theory. Exactly. We'll see how that goes for them. Shunt and Dead Metal in the corner. The anti-spinner scoop. How does that play out, would you say? It goes quite well. Behemoth are an experienced team, and they are not allowing PP3D to get to full speed to start with. They know that they need to take these hits before PP3D get super strong. Got to clinch up close to them. Eat those weaker shots, depend on the scoop to take the damage. Because PP3D, as we now know, if it hits something too hard, its internals are going to damage faster. And boy, does that happen in this match. Behemoth are trying to not let them get a full speed hit on them. But then PP3D do get a full speed hit on them. Behemoth goes flying, but survives. Whereas PP3D are launched, well, what looks like further than Behemoth yeah, were. yeah. Sparks start flying. Everywhere. Constant sparking. And then PP3D gets stuck between a wall and shunt, and their blade is still going. It's still moving. it's still spinning. Where they wanted it to not be spinning, they they sent a spinner shot, basically, at shunt. You do not try and use your spinner against shunt. It's stuck between a rock and a hard place, basically. Mm. Stuck between the arena wall and shunt's very strong scoop. PP3D just do loads of damage to themselves. Sparks are flying everywhere. It's beautiful to look at. Behemoth go for the pit button. We get rogue bots. Shunt just then uses that opportunity to kill PP3D. Yep. For think, trying to take a shot at him. They, take, they do one axe blow. Again, this is a great episode for Shunt. It is. It is a Shunt highlight reel. And Shunt deserves <laughs> it. After all these years yep. being the weak house robot, <laughs> this, is, this is what you do. One big blow of the axe. Smoke and sparks come out of PP3D, mm-hmm. and that's just the death rattle, basically. Big time. Great win for Behemoth, an experienced win. They knew what they needed to do, and they did it yep. quite effectively. They didn't even really have to use their flipper. No. A big part of it is that anti-spin wedge coming into play. They took the blows and survived. But if you're a spinner, don't go for shunt. Oh, God, no. That's basically the rule here. And if you want to fight a spinner emulate shunt a bit or certainly 
have a uh, anti-spinner scoop handy. Backstage, PP3D are wrecked. They are not in a good place. What's the next matter? I've got a page fallout <laughs> of my notebook, and I'm really struggling to figure out what the one's next, the next uh, page. The next match is Noel Sharkey versus not mentioning Amazon. Oh, good. I've, I did write that down somewhere. Need a hardback like me. These are the this is the cheap ones that came from Budgeons when they were closing down. Nice, nice. So they're like, what the hell? Oh my god, <laughs> I can't find anything. What's the next actual match? Oh, the next actual one is going to be Eruption versus PP3D. Okay, so do we talk about Noel Sharkey yeah. and his amazing flying drones, which would make a really good movie? No, Sharky and his amazing flying drones. Yes. Where he's a mad scientist who sends them to kill people by pretending yeah. to post Ooh. things for them. Well, that's a lot darker than what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> I thought he'd travel the world with drones, like, solving mysteries or something. Oh, that'd be a cool TV show. That would. Yeah, yeah so he yeah. Uh, very carefully avoids mentioning Amazon. Whilst simultaneously talking about how robots are going to take all the postmen in Amazon's jobs, basically. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. The future. You don't get paid. Well, unless you build robots, <laughs> so get into it now. Like, seriously. So was this all subtly uh, pro-universal basic income segment? Maybe. I, what? Maybe. <laughs> That's not where I was going with it, but <laughs> Maybe sure. I was reading a bit much into it. I thought there was some sort of like political motive behind this. It was, it was like, <laughs> machines will be taking jobs, so a universal basic income would help her keep people <laughs> in there. <laughs> In living conditions, and nope, he just wanted to talk about how robots can deliver the mail. Yeah, and it was cool. Look, weird looking. I'd want my post bots to look like postmen. Yeah, if they could make them little bit, or like robot dogs that are dressed as postmen, because dogs dressed as people. How awesome. expensive would that be? <laughs> A robot dog oh. that delivers your post. Yes, comes to your door with his, the post in his mouth. <laughs> all crumpled up, <laughs> holes in it, but you can't missing. be angry because it's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that'd be nice. Highly unlikely. So the, oh, I know we're getting stuck on this one small segment a bit, but he's talking about how the drones are going to have their own specific, um, what would you say, height? So just below helicopters, he said. And that would avoid anything crashing into them. Makes sense. Yeah. Unless, what about your own drone? I suppose, in theory, saying you know someone could use their own aircraft or something to well, exactly. crash into. But all that, I mean, you could it. say like someone could use their own car to crash into the postman. Yeah, it, you know, it's That's it's a point. Uh, people aren't as obsessed with inconveniencing other people as people think yeah, they are. Do you know what point. I mean? Yeah. I think there would just be drones flying about and people complaining that they're ruining the rustic scenery of their local village. You know, so what that's I mean? the point. Like, what would the um. Uh, this is probably something that's already known, but what would the maximum distance be for these drones? Like, if you're in a really rural village, you might still have to rely on post people. Yeah, maybe. Couriers. I mean, how does the... And dr- of course, large items as well. Because the idea is the drone drops the package off in the garden, right? Yeah, because you can't have... Well, what if it's raining? Yeah, they're going to have to start wrapping plastic around the... Well, they don't want to do that because they're all about recycling. So you and can't it has stop to be stuff plastic. that can take an impact of being dropped in the... Well, it, doesn't, it doesn't drop it. It literally will land with the and package okay, yeah. and then re- release itself from the package and go up. So, but how does it know your garden? A GPS system, I guess. But a GPS system so specific that it knows exactly where your garden is. Well, when I was playing Pokemon Go when it came out, mm-hmm. like it knew when, it, when I was in my garden. 
that's that, true. That's my yeah. so that's my phone, so I'm guessing it's gonna be even better. It's gonna be really specific. But yeah, sometimes things get in the way and it goes a bit um goes a bit mad and starts flipping out all over the place. So hopefully it'll be it'll be good. But I mean as a consumer we shouldn't worry because Amazon will be responsible for the drones and your you know, delivery. So if it goes wrong, they'll just have to send another drone out with a new one. <laughs> That's true. We shouldn't be that worried about it. Amazon are going to have to work out the logistics behind it. I suppose. They're going to find themselves in funny situations because it's not like you can sign for it. So they can't go, ah, but you signed for, you signed to say you got it or something like that. So you could get it and then say the drone didn't drop it off. But the drone can film itself dropping the package off in the garden. Good point. Yeah. If it films itself at the right right moments. That's a good point. And obviously, you'd only be using the drone system if you are prepared for having your item dropped off in the garden. Yep. And if you are prepared to probably pay for the service of using the drone. Yep, that's true. It's not going to be the, you know, the definitive choice, I would say. A lot of people are still going to use old school snail mail for their stuff. You still have to for a lot of big... I mean, it can't exactly drop off a fridge, can it? Exactly. (laughs) If it could, that could go wrong, you see. God, imagine if I accidentally dropped a fridge on someone. (laughs) So next fight. Next fight is Eruption versus PP3D. Let's not talk about drones again. (laughs) That went on a bit. (laughs) We did, didn't it? (laughs) Dead Metal and Sir K. So Eruption immediately eats the uh, weaker PP3D shots. They're just tanking the hits. It's the go-to tactic by the looks of it. Taking a page out of Baymoths, yeah. PP3D not getting a good spin going up. They can't really move properly either. They get flipped on the arena flipper and can now actually move okay because their disc isn't actually in the way of them moving and driving. But that lasts all of three seconds before eruption. Does the usual, his finishing move, flips him out of the arena. Three in a row. Nice. Hat trick. Incredible, isn't it? The spinner meta Mm -hmm. has kind of, maybe we are seeing the end now. Because well, I know right. PP3D is an incredible spinner bot, but it's having no luck here. I honestly think, and this is just me talking, but I think it's the position of the spinner. I think being underneath it means if it gets warped, if it breaks down, it's in the way of the drive. It's in the way of everything. You're kind of stuck yeah. with it there. It's right in the center of everything as well. Yeah. So the impact of it impacting something else that shock's going to go straight through the middle of the bot. I honestly think it's the shape of the robot. That's what. That's my opinion anyway. I think you're right. I think being too close to the ground, because the problem is, if the bot is disbalanced in any way, the spinner will connect with the ground. Yep. No matter how good your spinner is, if it hits the ground, the ground's going to win, and the spinner is going to have to take the damage, which means the bot will take the damage. PP3D, done. Yeah, that's it. That's it for them. They haven't really properly won anything. They didn't win any of their one v ones, and they no, they're struggling. Really struggled. Mm. A shame because they were another big favorite for this heat. Big favorite, great, powerful spinner. Very great guys, spinner. great team. You know, first three D printed bot, first crowdfunded bot. Lots of firsts. You know, they're they're pushing the boundaries, but just I don't know. They they ran into. Well, they ran into Baymoff, really. <laughs> and then... They ran into everyone, and yeah. unfortunately, everyone could take the hits. Yeah. Problem with PP3D, they can't really give more than one big hit because they yeah. damage themselves. 
and robots these days, they're made to take as many of the hits as they can. This is this all gets quite exciting thinking of carbide coming up because no one was prepared for carbide. Now they are. Clearly. Between Bamoth and Eruption, PP3D got torched. It's interesting finally seeing spinners in a weak spot mm. on the show. They the spinners here are nothing well the spinner here, like yeah. one spinner. Nothing compared to the armor they faced. Well, no, they were okay against it. They didn't cause any major destruction, mm. but the flippers are beating the spinners here, yeah. definitively. Big time. They've got their tactics. They know what they're going with. They know how to how to fight them. And like you said, maybe this is the end of spinners being the pure meta. They'll always have a place being very, very, very strong. And like you said, there's carbide coming up and there are other spinners coming up that are very strong. There was a worry last year that they could be the only viable option. And I think these guys are proving that's not the case. Exactly. And thank God for that. Yeah. You've got to break that meta. They'll always have to take into account the spinners now. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, Bamoff and Eruption are always going to have to think. Our flipper is going to have to be incredibly tough to take a spinner hit. Yeah, else it's going to be hit and be useless and then you're dead. Exactly. Okay, that takes us to Bamoff versus Cherub. Dubbed the Biblical Battle. Great it's name pre- for it. <laughs> yeah, it's, a great, it's great that this match happens to happen. It lined up just nice, didn't yeah, it? lined up perfectly. So that's with Dead Metal and Matilda. Bamoff. They've gone with their grabber. Yeah, this okay. We, this is probably going to be a talking point for a while now. Yep. But uh, against Ant's wishes, by the looks of it, yeah, the team voted in favour of testing the grabber. My guess is the team's point of view as a whole were a underestimating Cherub. Yep. And b deciding that Cherub are technically invertible; they can self-right themselves, so flipping may not be effective on them. Yep or not as effective as others, they don't have huge damage output, let's test our new grabber and see if we can grab Cherub instead and exactly. carry them off somewhere. But they and- wouldn't have to defend against a spinner, mm-hmm. so they don't have to worry about front plating. Yeah, Cherub hasn't got much offence. It's more of a a tanking bot. It's more about taking hits. Yeah, it's it's a risk to use something that you haven't used in the competition thus far. Let's talk about the match and then let's carry on about the weapon debate for this one. Good idea. Let's go through what actually happens. So the first thing Cherub does is takes control and pushes Bamoth into dead metal. Gets the early shots in. After that, for a little while, we get more of a stalemate for a little while where they're yep. just sort of bumping into each other. Exactly. Bamoth can't use their flipper to flip Cherub around. So they're just chasing them. Which I guess you could say that's knocking off aggression points, really. It is, but Cherub's not going for it. Cherub's avoiding confrontation. This grabber is a complete, just non-issue. It's nothing for Cherub. It's this not, this yeah, can't really do yeah, anything to Exactly, him. because I don't think Bamoth can get under Cherub to scoop them into the crusher. This weird jaw-like mechanism mm. doesn't seem to really work for Cherub. It can't get under them. Does not want to work. It doesn't want to work. Then... Something really weird happens. Another Robot Wars first. Another Robot Wars first, indeed. Uh, the flipper, the ground flipper, is raised, and Cherub kind of drives into it and down into the, the guts of the flipper. Yeah, they get trapped by the flipper. So the flipper ends up being 
a crusher. And then some people have said that that should have been the end of the match because technically Cherub was incapacitated by the arena. But as Noel Sharkey then later pointed out on Twitter, it was a production failure because there's supposed to be panels around the flipper so that a bot can't get stuck underneath it. So obviously it's been thought of. I saw this fight live. It took quite a while for that decision to be made. There was a lot of confusion mm-hmm. as to should this count as a loss? Yeah. Should this not? Should restart? Where do you restart from? Uh, there was a lot of questions. Mm. It wasn't anticipated at all. It was a good, I can't remember the exact time, but I want to say something like 20 minutes or so before the fight finally yeah. restarted. It was a confusing moment. Big time. For everyone. And it is tough to call on it. It's very tough to call. Most people were impressed that Cherub actually seemed to come out of it unscathed. Yeah. They was they were stuck there for a long time, by the way. They were stuck in there for a good amount of time. On TV, it cuts to the restart pretty quickly. They were in there for quite a while, slowly being crushed by a <laughs> massive yeah, flip. Does not help. To put some context on it. Say the say the pit mechanism broke mm. and someone was driving over the pit and it broke and they fell in. I guess you wouldn't count you that as count a lot. Yeah, because that's just whatever was holding it up just broke and it fell yeah. down whilst someone happened to be on it. Yeah. I suppose that is a good point. That's not what it's made for. It's not technically what it should be doing. As Noel Sharkey said, it was a production failure. So it would be a bit unfair to kick Cherub out based on something missing from the arena. This is Cherub's second fight restart yeah. of the evening. By the grace of God. <laughs> I know. Tell <laughs> now, at this God point, there is a good chance that they are blessed. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. So the match has to restart. They restart from their original positions, as in the actual starting position podium, so to speak. Yeah. Is that the right call? Should they have started from near? Should Cherub have been, say, half on the arena flipper and well, he was behind them or something? I mean, what would they have done? Just put Cherub at the flipper? Well, that's what they did that's, when Cherub yeah, went through yeah. the wall. Cherub were just put next to the wall whilst in their same position they were in. And then, of course, the opposite, but not the opposite, the same for PP3D. They yeah. were put in the same position they were in. That's a fair point, yeah. I suppose. When it came to getting kicked out of the arena via the wall, that wasn't a production failure. I suppose. That was just brute force of a bot. Yeah, that's a good point. When it's because the floor flipper is missing a panel, that's unfair on the bots. And it makes the competition unbalanced. So I guess in that regard, it made more sense to restart from original starting positions. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I see what you're talking about there. Yeah. So the match restarts with two minutes on the clock instead of three minutes. Pretty much straight away, we go, we get Rogue House Robots. Dead Metal goes straight for Cherub. You have to continue yeah. from there because it looks like I wrote the word so, Dovery, which doesn't make any <laughs> Cherub, sense. Cherub gets eaten by Dead Metal. What's interesting is Cherub can get underneath. That's kind of one of the major deciding factor. Can get underneath Bamuth, pretty much null and void anything he can do. The Eventually match- it winds down to a judge's decision. Well, yeah, the match ends with... Dead Metal cornering uh, Bayamoth and Cherub. Yeah, gets both them at the same both, time. yeah. And just starts eating on them, and that's where it ends. Judge's decision. Uh, this, takes, this takes a long time for them to finally build up the judge's decision. Ominous yep. music starts to play. Yep, they really build this up. Very tense. 
and a moment that will probably live on in infamy in Robot Wars. Cherub get the big W. Ant storms off. He's not necessarily unhappy with Cherub or the decision itself. If you listen to what he's saying and you listen to people's tweets, people are tweeting things like, oh, Ant versus Cherub and stuff like that. Mm. Poor sportsmanship. Yeah. Ant seems to be more unhappy with the fact that the team wanted to use the grabber. When he wanted to use the tried and tested flipper. I kind of get where he's coming from. You've got to remember, he's been doing this for 18 years with this yeah. robot. He knows what he's talking about. So they really should have just gone with what he said. And they probably would have won the match as well. That's what I was going to say. The reason I can kind of understand him is that flipper probably would have changed a lot. Because they would would have been flipping Cherub around a lot. It takes Cherub a while to self-write because those little arms take a while to go round. Yeah, yeah. It may have still gone to a judge's decision, but Bayamoff probably would have got a lot more aggression and even some damage off with yeah. the flipper. They could have potentially flipped him around and had yep. control to get him into the pits or out of the arena. So Bayamoff didn't have any of that with the grabber. No. So I kind of get where he's coming from. So, I get why he's a bit peed exactly. off. Exactly. I mean, I don't agree with storming off um, because it is bad sportsmanship to Cherub. But at the same time, when you've put this much dedication into a bot and you lose because of just a poor decision like that, it would get under your skin a bit, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And it really did clearly get to him. Doing it for a long time and yet again, they're not gonna they're not gonna be a champion because they've just lost out on it. But this is the great thing about Robot Wars as a programme. If this was any other like reality esque program, they would have showed him storming off, showed some frames of him a bit teary eyed, and then just left it. But Robot Wars gave him a chance to stand in front of the camera and explain what he was so upset about. And once he explained it, it was kind of like, well, yeah, you're right, mate. You would have won if they'd gone with the flipper. Probably would have. Probably would have. Another very tough one. Another one of Cherub getting through by skin of their teeth, grace of God. Yeah, just Whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Divine intervention. (laughs) That's their finishing move. Eruption sends people out of the arena. Cherub has divine intervention. When... Deus Ex Machima or whatever it is. Deus Ex Machima. You know, hand of God. Hand of God. Just basically everything's going one way and then all of a sudden, nope, change it. <laughs> Cherub get that Cherub's win. getting his ass kicked. Nope, not anymore. <laughs> but that means our final for the evening, to decide who goes through to the grand final, Cherub and Eruption. And before the match starts, let's just say Toby, the uh, young lad from Cherub, brilliant driver yeah has done some phenomenal driving oh god yeah so kept this robot alive totally hats off to i mean surely that's a lifetime of playing video games i mean i know he's young but that's a that's <laughs> a good <laughs> it's got to be video games hasn't it the assumption always that it's, that video it's games. breeding a new level of drivers it has to be but having you know got that out of the way let's talk about cherub versus eruption cherub are flipped out of the arena the end See you next week. That was about as long as the match. It was a five second match. It was. They charged at each other. Eruption literally led them straight to the gap and chucked them out. It wasn't even close. Unbelievable. There you go. I mean, there's nothing else to say about the match. You can talk about the controversy in this episode all you want. At the end of the day, Eruption were the clear winners. They they flipped everyone they were against out of the arena. If Baymoff had gone through to the finals, I doubt they would have beat Eruption, to be honest. Yeah. I think Eruption's bot was the superior bot out of all of them and rightly did win. 
dominant victory. Yep. I don't know if you've ever seen a more dominant victory through to the finals. Can you think? I mean, well, out of arena, out of, wasn't every match after eruption would win a match. It'd yeah. be like, and eruption have nothing to repair because they just nut the arena and that was that. I mean, I suppose Apollo is going to get, the comparison is going to be to Apollo every time, isn't it? But even Apollo, they took damage they did, during they took their some. one. They didn't get, they didn't win as dominantly no. as eruption have. This may be one of the best performances we've seen in episode. I think we're looking at a favorite big time. Easily. Easily. So my pick, one of my picks, made it to the final and then lost out. Good on you for picking Cherub, though. See? A lot of people were writing that off. No one was predicting Cherub. No one think at all. Outside the box, you've got to be irrational with your decisions. You've got to be like, you know what? Cherub's going to win because it's weird. <laughs> don't, don't be someone. Don't be someone's counselor or something. You've got to be irrational <laughs> with your do, decisions. Think outside the box. <laughs> do something wrong. Don't listen to logic. Never step back and think about the situation. <laughs> no, I liked Cherub because I liked Gabriel so much, and I knew that the team working behind was so good. Yeah, you. After seeing Gabriel, you trust that whatever they've built, no matter how it looks, is probably really good. And it's almost essentially a pusher bot you could say so a scoop a wedged pusher it's a wedged pusher i know they had some moving parts but very little else came into play other than the fact that it could push so hard and also tank damage and get underneath other bots yep which is great really good but it like you say it just could not be eruption yep when it comes to big benji's bot points (laughs) So I got nil from zero, from that, as did ukulele Chris, which puts the score at two to you, one to ukulele. Boom. Sorry, uke, but <laughs> not this time. I think next series we'll do a fantasy league and see if we can get people to give us predictions. That'd be really interesting. Really cool. If we what get people to go on the website up? and just give us a prediction for every single person. And then we could create a table or fantasy league. I think that'd be cool. That'd be really cool. Yeah. That'd be interesting. Just we'll save that for the next see one. Who, uh, see who really gets it yeah. right. See who can make a, a strong prediction. We'll, Obviously, I imagine a lot of people who attended the event will just we'll try and get involved. So we'll have to be very careful there. Yeah. But very few people attend the whole thing. That's true. Most people That's are true. there for one one section of filming. So we'll chuck that in the uh, in the think tank. See if it floats. In the shark tank. The sharky tank. Do you remember that was what his uh, his spin-off TV show was going to be called? <laughs> Sharky's Shark Tank. So Thank what me. rating do you give this episode? That was also awesome. Really good, Man, wasn't it? What did really, I give really the last good. episode? Did I give it a four? I think you may have given it four and a half. You have to look in your notes. I don't think I wrote it down. Well done. I know. This is what this is for. <laughs> this is what the notepad's for. Um, I say four. Four on this one. Four out of five. It was awesome. I was disappointed that I didn't get to see more of Hobgoblin. Yeah, that really sounded see... you yeah. your main pick. My main was pick the first one eliminated. <laughs> I thought it was going to be one of those like no one saw it coming kind of bots with that you know dark horse kind exactly. of exactly. It was like a the the tumbler, the constant moving egg beater. I thought that was going to be uppercutting things left, right, and center, and, but it had no self writing mechanism. That was the problem. Got flipped. Had no way to get back from it. Damn. A shame. Maybe we'll see him next time. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, what'd you give it? Philippa Forrester's out five. 
Ooh, it's a it's a very good episode. It has so much bits of destruction, so much going on, so many unexpected twists and turns, controversial decisions which are going to weigh on people's minds. I'll give that a good solid four. Again, yeah. I agree with you, mainly because from what I've seen, even though I've not seen it edited into an episode, I think there will. I think there's better to come. I think there is better stuff to come. I think we're going to see our first full five out of five. I think so. I think there will be better than this, and this is four out of five. Nice. So that's exciting stuff. It's, it's very exciting stuff. This it's is really such a cool. good series. This is because every well, both episodes so far have had so much going on. Yeah, they've been really good. Um, really great decisions. How they make the decisions, I don't know. Whether it's a random draw, probably not. I think they decide who's going to be on the episodes in advance, but very, very well decided, actually. I yeah. think the yeah. way it's the worked out. The mix of the bots is really nice. Yeah, it's really worked out well. You know what I'm waiting for? Something like really old school, like Terra Turtle, to sort of like turn up and be weird. You know what I mean? There's some weird bots in this. Well, we saw most of the weird bots in episode one, I think. We but did there's still see some hell of a weird coming. bots in that. Yeah. There's some interesting, very interesting stuff coming along. Excellent. Can't wait. Can't wait for the next episode. Yep. I'm really interested to see what your predictions will be and stuff and things like that. Because I, I think I saw most of the next one. Excellent. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to watching it on TV. So is there, are there matches where you don't know? Or is there an episode where you don't know what the... Well, I've seen the... First of all, I've seen the whole final. So I know who wins each heat oh, quite yeah. definitively. Um, I've seen, I think, all of the heat finals... And a lot of the heat battles. Ah, most of the group battles is what I missed. So there's still stuff. and some heat. Most of the group battles and a good chunk of the league battles are what I missed. That makes sense. After that, most of it I've seen. In some cases, like when you said hobgoblin, when I got there, hobgoblin weren't even they in were the building. Gone. Yeah, they were yeah. already gone. So yeah. I I knew immediately. So you knew that they were out. I knew they were going to go out straight away because I knew that. That's pretty, that was pretty much the case with most of the ones you I didn't, didn't realise how, in what spectacular fashion they were going yeah, to. I didn't know what was happening yeah. in the match, but the moment you said them, I was like, they can't get far because I didn't even see them. This will be interesting. I'm really interested to see how you're, what you'll make of the next one. Excellent. I cannot wait. Me neither. All right. We will see you next. Oh yeah. We've got like social media stuff. We can be found on Twitter at podcast activate. Because someone already has at Activate Podcast and we're not bitter about it at all. We also have a email, which is activatepodcast at gmail.com. Yes, the first time you haven't stalled or anything. You've <laughs> had to remember it. it. Yep, you haven't had to stop to remember at all. It's so scripted good. into me now. Good. It's great. Yes, tweet us, email us. We read stuff out and we take your predictions and we then laugh at them later when they're wrong <laughs> especially mine <laughs> especially <apparently. your> own. <laughs> that's it we're that's done. it we'll see you next time see you next week How much that is going to be? Ugh. Novelty comedy segment. <laughs>
We'll see. <laughs> see, I come off worse than that one, so I don't fuck that one. <laughs> you might delete that one. I can't, <laughs> can't have that one. Wait till I make a blunder. <laughs> it can be the focal blunder. <laughs> the whole episode and the title of it. <laughs> the volume goes up. <laughs> whenever, whenever I make a mistake. <laughs> it becomes F-code. <laughs> uh.